speak strength into these weary bones. We speak the healing power of the Lord. For in His name there are miracles. We speak nothing is incurable. Cause we that nothing is impossible for in his name there are miracles our God is more than Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Genesis Gathering. It's good to have you with us. I'm excited that you're here. And, you know, I'm especially excited this morning because I need to get over to where I am and instead of Nina. That's why I'm excited. But no. <laughs> Say, listen, we've got some sort of snowstorm going on uh, in, in the middle of what's happening here in Denver. And uh, it's quite a deal. So it took a while to kick off. It was supposed to kick off uh, Saturday 
you know, Friday night, midnight, uh, Saturday morning, sometime like that. So I think it waited a day, but boy, it's in full swing now. So again, it's it's good to have you with us. Welcome to the Genesis Gathering. I'm Jeff Corson. I'm the senior pastor of Genesis Gathering. And in just a moment, my wife's going to come on and share a few announcements and pray with us and those kind of things. Hey, if uh, you're viewing this uh, well, obviously, you are viewing this online right now, either through the website or by Facebook. Hey, copy that link and send it to a friend and invite them to join, okay? That would be great if you would. This morning, we are going to continue with our new series, The Beauty of Uncertainty. And again, I'm I, I'm really thinking you want somebody to be a part of this. So I, I, I'm going to ask you to, to seriously think about somebody that you can invite ask them to come along with you and to view this uh, at least for the message which is going to be in about 15 minutes they need to hear this we're going to talk about the first chapter of James the first eight verses and really unpack that because that passage is used very commonly within the church to describe the power of faith and how that unbelief and doubt will kill it and render your prayers ineffective and in fact James isn't dealing with prayer requests or faith in terms of uh, the power of your faith to receive in prayer at all. And so we're going to unpack that for you this morning. So again, it's good to have you with us. I'm, I'm glad. Let me get something turned down here and get back on center camera for you. Hey, um, I want to share a song with you. I think that's what we're going to do at this point. And... Um, you know what, Nina? If 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 you could come into this at this point, I think rather than me share a song at this point, I'm going to have you um, share the announcements and the prayer, and, and and then we're going to go right into our questions, our question time, question and answers. This is something we started new as of last week. Uh, we're very excited about it. We had tremendous response to it last week, and. Um, I'm anticipating that going forward, this is going to be a regular part of our teaching style and method where we entertain uh, questions. And so we're going to be sharing those questions with you this morning so that we can dialogue and we'll explain more in just a little bit. So bef before we have a worship song, I want Nina to come on and share some announcements with you. Hey, good morning. Um, I'm sorry, I'm juggling a few things all at once. So um, it's great to have you here. I don't know how many of you are even awake with the time change. I'm hoping <laughs> that you guys are awake and here and present, uh, especially for the discussion part. You can always hear the message at a later time. But of course, if you're not here and you're still in bed because you didn't get the time change or the snow is so cozy to still stay in bed, well, that is what it is. So, so anyway, uh, if you are around and you would like to uh, join some, give us some prayers for the prayer time, go ahead and text those now. The phone number here is, uh, for me, is 720-878-3323. You can also send them via um Facebook, if you're on the Facebook Live right now with us, 
Um, and we will do our best to get all those prayer requests. It'll just be in a couple of minutes that we will be praying together. Um, for those of you who might be interested in bingo, we are excited that Genesis Church is back in bingo again. We, uh, we host bingo at Bingo Oasis in North Glen, and uh, our session this week, we're going to have a special raffle. You could win a $175 cash and you might be saying, gee, what are we doing talking about this at church? <laughs> but uh, here's the thing is God has uh, opened this door both for um, fundraising purposes as well as we have a church full of people who go to bingo and we uh, take time with folks and, and enjoy them and um and have a good time and pray for people and those sorts of things while we're enjoying bingo. So come on out, support Genesis, have some fun, maybe win some money, 7.30 on Tuesdays. Food closet of St. John's, we are restocking the food closet in time for Easter food baskets. Um, and this year, by the way, our Easter food baskets will be going out after Easter, the Sunday after Easter. Uh, if you know someone who could use a food box, really not a basket, please let me know. We'll get the, get you hooked up for that. And if you are able to bring some food or donate some finances towards the food boxes, either one would be really great and helpful. And uh, we have up until April 7th to get that done. Thank you so much. Also at St. John's, they, we, you know, I work with St. John's. And so for me, it's a we thing. We at St. John's have a community garden and um, it's, a, they have quite a few plots open and available. Uh, larger plots are $15, smaller ones are 10. The water will be turned on in April, although I know some planting is already going on now. Uh, well, not today in the snow, but you're welcome to come and join. Hey, and if you know other people, if you hear anybody say, gee, I wish I knew there was a community garden. Gee, I wish I had a room in my backyard for a garden. Well, they can come at, to St. John's and be part of this community garden as well. It'd be very great to have them. Um, guys gathering for you guys this Thursday night, 730 if you go to our, well, okay, I see that Jeff is saying to text him. If you'd like to join in and have never joined in, text him at 720-878-8899. I believe you can also go on our website and find information you need, guys, to get hooked up to the Thursday night every other week. Guys gathering one hour, just one hour, and uh, it's not a Bible study. It's a time of talking and sharing whatever seems to be the topic of the evening that comes up and comes forth. I know you guys are having a good time getting to know each other and develop relationship and uh, grow and learn together. We want to thank you all for your continued giving to Genesis. Um, we continue to have expenses. And so we, even though we haven't been meeting together, uh, although we are open to meet in person, I should mention that right now, although we're not today because of the snow, you can come any Sunday morning at 1030 and be part of the church service live and in person. We are masking and, um, and maintaining six foot di distancing for now for COVID protections. 
You are welcome to be there with us 1030 on Sundays, but back to donating. If you would like to donate, if Genesis is speaking to you, if the ministry of God through Genesis uh, is touching you, we, we would appreciate your support. You can go out online to genesiscc.net and go down on the right there into the donate button, or you can text to give at 720-730-8510, and it will show you the prompts. So I'm going to look here. We're ready for our prayer time. I'm going to look and be sure to see if there are any prayer requests that have come in. Um, I'm not seeing any on my texts. I'm not seeing any by Facebook. Um, if you do have gotten here late uh, and you would still like to send prayer requests. Oh, I see. I'm getting an update right now. Let me check that out from, from Jean. You're, you're free to continue to send them and we will pray later if if need be. So last week, um, we prayed for Jean's friend's son, Chris, I think the last couple of weeks, who is out in California, or pardon me, he was out in California. He's now home. She's giving us an update. He's tired and he's weak. So we'll continue. He had an esophageal bleed. Deborah, who we prayed for, for her surgery, uh, the last I heard, which was Friday, she was home. She was doing well. I'm sure there's a, a recovery ahead. We'll be praying for that. Uh, I'm going to mention these prayer requests and then we'll pray. I have prayer requests from uh, throughout the week and prior to this morning. Um, Jim's Cameron's sister-in-law. I have some difficult prayer requests here, difficult situations people are in. Stage four cancer. It's metastasized and they're starting chemo. Uh, Maya Darley, we prayed for her last week and her family. She's only 15. She had, took some pills and has been in a vegetative state uh, for a few weeks now. There's been no change. Uh, for Manuel, the Cameron family, V Hill Cameron family friend, we prayed for him uh, a while back when he was going to have his surgery. He had a neck surgery, a pretty serious surgery. And now uh, he still needs his voice to recover. He needs to be recovering from bed sores. He's on dialysis. The doctors are visiting him every couple of days. Um, Elise and Leo have gotten better. We prayed for them regarding COVID. We'll continue to pray for their recovery. Uh, we have some new surgeries coming up for Diane, Patty, and Eileen. Eileen's a bingo friend of ours. Um, all three of them are soon to have surgeries. There's an Achilles tendon. There's, and I think a couple of back surgeries and they're both, they're all dealing with a lot of pain here and then safe travels for Barb going to Texas this week and Lisa and Matt returning from their vacation. And uh, we'll continue to pray for Leroy who was in the hospital with uh, COVID who is a friend of ours from bingo. So let's, let's turn our hearts to the Lord right now, and let's pray together. Um, I thank you for praying in agreement. There is a power as we agree together. Heavenly Father, boy, wow, you, 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 I know you're inundated, Lord, with prayer requests from billions of people around the world. Wow. 
And so as some of these things look huge to us, Lord, we know that you know perfectly well how to enter the scene and how to take care of all of these people that we've talked about here in our prayer time this morning for the difficult illnesses, for the surgeries, the pain, for those who need to recover from surgery or illness, Lord Jesus. I thank you for taking each one of these people and their families into the palm of your hands, bringing them healing, wholeness, comfort, hope. Father, giving them answers to the questions they're asking so that specifically each and every one can move forward in peace and knowing that you're with them and love them. Uh, Father, for um, Lisa and Matt and Barb as they travel, I thank you for your perfect care for them, that you are about them and protecting them every step of the way, and that their time in their travels is blessed and peaceable. Father, for those here in Denver who have to go to work in this snow, those who are out there working, keep them safe, we pray. We pray for safety throughout the Colorado area. And I know this snowstorm goes beyond that. I pray, Father, for electricity to stay on and uh, and, and pipes to not freeze <laughs> and damage to homes to not happen, really, Father. I, I ask you, Father, for deliverance from all of those possibilities and that you care for and take care of everyone uh, throughout this snowstorm. In Jesus' name, we pray together. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jeff, I believe it will be whatever you have next. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Apologize. My, my bad. Okay. So, um, Here's what we're going to do. I want to introduce a couple of questions to you, and then Nina and I are going to entertain those uh, um, answers and questions. Uh, that's that uh, questions that you that might springboard off of these questions that you have, as well as your answers. And what we want you to do is to text your um, answers. All right. So here. Let me let me show you real quick the questions that we're going to be dealing with. And honey, I'm going to solo here for just a second. All right. So for those of you, um, you can either write this down. Maybe you want to take your device, take a quick snapshot of it real quick and um, and then you'll you'll have the question because I know that you may want to refer to it again as we clarify and as we go back through things. But here's our questions for today. And again, uh, for the foreseeable future, not just this series, as part of our as part of our time of gathering and our our mutual sharing, we really want to engage with you. We want you to be involved with us in the sharing of the Word of God. We, we, want, we want you, unless we're talking about it, unless we're dialoguing, uh, uh, unless we're bringing up uh, issues together, then you're not learning and we're not growing. And the Bible says that we're to make disciples 
not just listeners, all right? I don't want you just to listen to the word of God. I, I want you to be discipled in being a follower of Jesus Christ, okay? Write these questions down, take a snapshot of them, whatever you want to do, all right? Now, if that's a little small for you, I have a version of it that will take over the entire screen here, okay? And uh, sorry I was off mic for a little bit there. So question number one, and these are both um, come from James chapter one. Is it a sin to doubt the Bible? And question number two, will God still answer my prayers if I doubt parts of what the Bible says? Number one, is it a sin to doubt the Bible? And number two, will God still answer my prayers if I doubt parts of the Bible? Okay, I'm going to uh, bring Nina back in here and see if we can... All right, my Nina, there you are. Okay, so here's here's what to do. I want you to text Nina your answers right now. Would you? Go ahead, 720-878-3323. If you have an answer or if you would like to respond to either one of those questions, let's dialogue about it for a minute. Well, so far, so I've typed also, honey, I've typed the question into the Facebook feed. Oh, great. Yeah, um, Lisa gave us that idea last weekend, and uh, I forgot to mention it to you. So hopefully if there's someone on Facebook, they can refer back then to the question pretty easily in order to participate. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I'm not seeing as many folks on Facebook this morning. I have a feeling that people are either sleeping into the snow <laughs> and they'll participate in church service later today, or perhaps they didn't change their clocks. <laughs> okay. So, I've, so far, no responses. Is so, no responses to, to the two the questions. Bible? Is it a sin to doubt the Bible? Will God still answer my prayers if I doubt parts of what the Bible says? So what do you think about that, everybody? And uh, again, I, I realize we might have some latecomers or maybe you're still in bed and you're not even watching this morning because you did forget about the timer. Or maybe you're out shoveling the driveway trying to get ahead of the storm. I don't know. But uh, please go ahead, text us, dialogue with us about this. Is it? a sin to doubt the Bible. Okay, no. here is no, 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 I got to have more than that, all right? You say, yes. Uh, no, no, I've got to have more than that. I want you to dialogue with, think about sitting in a living room together, all right? And, and, and we're just sharing and we're dialoguing about these two questions. What do you got, Nina? Anything? Okay. Somebody? Yeah, Jean says, Doubting what the Bible says doesn't mean God back on us and ignore our prayers. Great point. Would you repeat that, uh, Nina, please? Yeah. Doubting what the Bible says doesn't mean God will turn his back on us and ignore our prayers. Okay. And did you say that comes from Jean? 
Yes, it does. Okay. Gene, would you mind sharing, expanding on that a little bit? Go ahead and text us your answer. Gee, I wish we were live. I wish it was call in. Maybe sometime in the future we'll be able to actually get that piece uh, rolling here and um, do do more of a, a podcast-type situation with these these questions where it's live uh, and, and you're able to dialogue and even be on screen with us. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? So anyway, expand on that a little bit. All right. What? Why is it not a sin? What? Why do you personally, and maybe where did you, get the confidence that you have and come to the place you're in, where this is not a sin? Because I don't know when I my, in my bringing up, it was definitely a sin to not believe everything in the Bible. Um, that was really frowned upon. I didn't have that liberty. I'll be honest with you. That that was not a liberty growing up that, that we had. Not just growing up. I mean, in Bible school, uh, Bible college, uh, and for a couple of decades of being a minister in the pulpit, uh, I was proud of the fact that I believed every word, every jot and tittle. If it was written in the Bible, I believed it. If it's in the Bible, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, actually, if if God said it, that does settle it. But the <laughs> problem is there's, there's a disparity between what we think God said and what God said. And so, uh, once again, these, these two questions are, is it a sin to doubt the Bible? And question number two, will God still answer my prayers if I doubt parts of what the Bible says. Gene, I know you're typing furiously into your text or into the chat window. What what do we have? Anything new, Nina? Yeah, I do. Um, and, and Jeff, you might have, Jeff Peter, you might need to um, expound on this. So he, Jeff Peter says, no, it's not wrong to doubt the Bible. Otherwise, people would take it at face value, and there wouldn't be so many ways to translate what the Bible says. I guess now that I've read it slowly, I'm, I think I'm following it better. So in other words, if, if we didn't have questions about the Bible, wise people would just take it at face value and not do more research and find out more about what the Bible says. I think maybe that's what Jeff's trying to say. Hmm, very interesting. Jeff, I'm, I'm liking especially a piece of that that, that uh, as Nina was reading your answer back, stuck with me. Research, that people wouldn't be as, dil if we just accepted it for fa at, quote, face value, as you said, um, we call that, I, I call that, I refer to that as a flat reading of the Bible. Uh, <coughs> things like all, all Scripture has, equivalence, which it doesn't. Uh, all scriptures are equally as important um, that uh, the Bible is to be taken literally uh, regardless and, and every passage, things like that, that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. Well, there's lots of contradictions in the Bible. Now, that doesn't mean that God contradicts himself. It means that there's things in the Bible that are contradictory to other things mentioned elsewhere in the Bible that need some explanation and some unpacking. And that can only be done 
and acquired and obtained through research and digging in and studying. And what was the word that Jeff used, honey? Uh, let's see. Well, he said they would take it as face value and there wouldn't be so many ways to translate what the Bible says. That's that's the way he worded it. And then I kind of reworded it. Oh, then you reworded it. All right, Jeff, I take back everything I just said, uh, <laughs> praising you and how wonderful it was for your interpretation of that. And <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounds like some good old fashioned judgment. Uh, but I, I think my point is made. Has um, okay. has Mary said anything further? Jean, no, Mary. Jean has Jean, Jean said anything further? I'm sorry, further? not Mary. No, Jean. not yet. Um, okay, so Jim Cameron. It's normal to doubt, not a sin. It's what you choose to do with your doubt, and the consequences of your choice, either positive or negative, that counts. Okay. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I, I think, uh, Jim, I think we're going to be talking about that today. I think that's part and parcel of what we're going to be unpacking from James chapter 1 there. So uh, it's good. Okay. And then Barb, let's see. Okay. Regarding Is that like Barbara Ann Cameron? Yes. Bar Bar like Barbara Ann? Yes, it is. Barb, it's good to have you as part of the broadcast this morning. <laughs> I'm sure she's smiling very big. Okay, in regards to will God still answer my prayers, okay. Uh, she answers with a scripture. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I'm thinking maybe the point of that is, is he's faithful to us. Even, you know, there, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, <laughs> one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is, um, I think it's 2 Timothy 2.14, where it says um, that even when we have no faith left, God remains faithful. God remains faithful. Mm. And I'm thinking if I'm understanding her using this scripture that it that's pro possibly the concept that's being brought forth here is mm -hmm. that he is faithful and keeps covenant with us no matter what. And by the way, Jim texted and said that Barb was laughing out loud at our comments about her. <laughs> <laughs> um Again, when you are so steeped in religion and you actually are afraid to question what you've been taught, uh, the authority that's teaching it, what the team says, what the group thinks, well, then you don't have the freedom to doubt. You don't have the freedom to question and you, you don't have the freedom to interpret or look at things from a different angle regarding the scripture other than what you were taught as the right way to interpret it. And so, case in point, uh, Jim and Barb, he here's one that applies, and that is 
Every, every time that Paul refers to our faith in Christ throughout his letters, um, the traditional teaching on that is my faith in Christ. And so like a muscle, I need to build it up and I, I need to have more faith in Christ. And if I have a little faith in Christ, then I won't receive as much. If I have big faith in Christ, then I'll receive more. He'll bless me better. And, uh, oh my gosh, there isn't anything that's more destructive than that kind of thinking. When Paul used the phrase faith in Christ, it's literally interpreted the faithfulness of Christ. And so what we see in our covenant walk and covenant relationship with God, and this really plays into the first chapter of James and a proper understanding of it, is that it isn't our faith that gets us anywhere with God. It isn't our faith that pleases God. It isn't our faith that keeps us in God. It's not our faith that uh, makes the provision of God available to us. It is the faithfulness of Jesus. And covenantally, Jesus entered in to the covenant with God for us. I'm not even involved in the covenant. I know that that is not widely taught, but I, I'm telling you, Jesus completed, when he said it is finished, he was talking about the fact that he made a covenant with the Father, and in our place then, he became not only our sacrifice, not only our substitute, not only our forgiveness, not only our righteousness, but he entered into every area of covenant requirement that God desired relationally, and he completed it for us. And so everything God has for us is ours because of what Jesus has done and the covenant Jesus entered into and made with God the Father. It's another message. It's another series. But wow, thank you for those answers. Anybody I else have, right now before yeah, we go yeah, to our yeah, teaching? Yeah, yeah. So I have a response uh, now from Jean, and um, and it goes along also with what Michael Zivkovic is saying. Uh, so Jean and, you know, you, you are asking her to further clarify. Yeah. <clears throat> and I love this response, by the way. I, this is something I think I've recently realized myself and has helped me. Doubting brings us to prayer to seek God's clarity about his words. And then Michael Zivkovic says, doubt <laughs> in the interest of discovery. I believe, Yes. Now, in the now, interest of, isn't that good? And that, and what Jean said, it leads us then to prayer, leads us in, you know, it leads us to drawing closer to Jesus. And really, that's what it's all about. Now you're preaching my message. Now, yes, now well, these guys are preaching my message. They're, I'm interpreting what they're saying. They're, they're so, starting to, well, they're starting to take the meat out of my sandwich here. Well, Michael, see, this, and, is the, this is how the discussion of every believer, there's a, uh, what does that say in Ephesians? A psalm, an interpretation, a scripture, <laughs> that goes. This is what happened. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. But just remember, I have the buttons. And I'm <laughs> about to one, cut this discussion off <laughs> and go to a worship song so that you don't, all of you, preach my message and I have nothing left to say. Okay, well, then we just end early and everybody goes, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a double-edged sword, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. So Jeff Peters says, how many times has pastor mentioned during preaching that he used to translate a scripture one way, but now he has a new way of thinking the scriptures are being translated a different new way now. In other words, I guess, again, I'm interpreting what he's saying that yeah. because you were questioning things. You didn't just say, oh, there's the answer. I'm done. I believe it. Instead, questions, you allowed questions to come up, perhaps doubt, and you found new revelation. Yeah. No, that's uh, it's a really it's a really good point, Jeff. And, and Michael, I want to pick up uh, again on something you said. You used the word discovery. Listen, the whole Christian journey. The whole walk and journey of the believer isn't, isn't based in an event called the new birth, okay? It's based in a lifelong journey of discovery where we uncover, and in that uncovering, we get even more excited and we fall more deeply in love with the one who created us and the one who died for us. And to that end, I, I've got a tremendous, I, one more. I do have one, one more, one more. Okay. I, I want to I state it. So Fran. Um, hi, um, Fran. <laughs> yes. Hi, Fran. Glad you're with us. Um, glad you woke up this morning early. <laughs> okay. Um, she's always understood that parts of the Bible might be understood differently. Is this questioning or doubting? Is this questioning or doubting that the Bible could be understood differently? It's neither, Fran, because, uh, and great question, question to our question. Um, I, I mean, for some, and of course, the way that I was brought up and in Bible school and so forth, I, I would have answered that with a definite, well, you need to get in faith. You, you need to go baptize yourself in the word of God and study it more diligently until you can come to a place of believing like I do that every word written in the Bible is authoritative and inspired and, and, and inerrant. Okay. And that's such an unfortunate uh, position to take regarding the Bible. And it really closes down the Bible from the discovery of God that he wants us to do. Remember that last week, I believe it was last week or the week before, I shared a verse of scripture from John's Gospel, chapter 5. Jesus is speaking, and, and here's what he says, literally. This is Jesus' words now. He says, you study the scriptures passionately, daily. You pour over them. He's talking to the religious leaders and those who are certain <laughs> they know exactly what the Bible says. You're passionate about studying the scripture, and yet you don't even realize that the things that you are studying, they all point to me, all right? No interpretation of scripture is valid unless it points to the one who is the center of it all, the Lord Jesus Christ. The word, the word, the word, speak the word, and oh, how we've been doing that. And I know, I know I've had people tell me, you know, somebody was in a service, came to, came to the building and was in service 
two weeks ago that said, you know, three years ago when I first started coming to this church, the thing that turned my life upside down, and, and he just started to cry, was I learned the value of elevating the word of God in my life and speaking it. And uh, thank you, Nina, for your time this morning. Um, I appreciate it so much. I'm going to play a song for you that I think really highlights this beautiful principle of elevating the word to the place where we'll put it on our lips and we'll speak it constantly. Oh, what a difference it makes and what a difference it makes in our trials and our tests, which we're going to learn more about from James chapter 1 in just a moment. Living by its 
precious is that and um, I mean I just have to read this received a text that says never disappointed the combination of the discussion and this song brings me to tears thank you for the faithfulness to speak the word to us Isn't that precious hallelujah well uh, We've been talking about the beauty of uncertainty, and this is the second message in that series. I'm excited about sharing this word with you today from James chapter 1. I, I think more than usual in, in sharing the word of God with you because of the misunderstanding that this scripture has, this passage of scripture has, with so many Christians. I was thinking about last week and um, decided to rehearse a couple of the statements that we made last week to you. Equating certainty with faith is analogous to saying, good behavior will make you right with God. Here's another one that we shared last week. Faith isn't a cosmic download of information and correct beliefs we can be certain about. Faith is not a cosmic download of information and correct beliefs that we can be certain about. Isn't that precious? I used to think a statement like that was heretical. I am so in love with Jesus. I am more in love with Jesus today than I've ever been. I'm more excited about the Word of God than I have ever been. I'm more excited about you and gathering and the church. And, and by the way, since we are fast approaching Easter, I think it's in two or three weeks. I, I need to check the date. I know it's very early in April. Look, we're going to get information to you regarding this, but we are going to gather again in public, okay? I want everybody to show up and come to the sanctuary, come to the building, and let's have a donut 
Easter celebration, a donut Easter celebration, okay? So uh, put that on your calendar for Easter morning at 1030 at Genesis. Here's, uh, here's another one I want to share with you. Real faith is trusting God more than we do our correct beliefs. And finally, religion reduces God to the pettiness of a God who makes wonderful promises to expecting sons and daughters, but then makes those promises contingent upon having correct beliefs, believing those beliefs without doubt and obeying him. Otherwise, he will not give you what he promised. Wow. Peter Enns has said, We are not children of a reluctant God. Neither are we the children of a heavenly Father who issues divine recipes like a chef in a kitchen who tells his students, quote, Follow this exactly and do it exactly like the recipe, and you will get the same results that I get every single time. <laughs> That's from Peter's book, The Sin of Certainty. So let me give you a quick foundation for James chapter 1. First of all, we're going to look at what is perhaps the best known and widely used passage on the subject of praying in faith and not doubting. The focus of James's teaching in this first chapter isn't about answered prayer, rather it's about finding your balance. Finding your balance. Okay? And let me make a quick adjustment here. All right. So our text, we're going to find it again in James, the first chapter. You can read along with me. I'm going to start in verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now notice his words here. Consider it an opportunity when troubles come. This will provide you context. He's dealing with attitude. He's not dealing with prayer requests, and he's talking about something called troubles, or, as other translations say, tests and trials. So let it grow. Let what grow? Your endurance. Okay, again, context. What's he talking about? Trials and tests. What's front and center? Your attitude, your balance, how you go through tests, and he says, let endurance have its perfect work so that you can develop and become complete. Verse 5, if you need wisdom, again, subject, this is not talking about general prayer requests. This is not talking about faith to receive from God for general prayer requests. This is talking about something very specific, tests and trials and how we go through them. And then he says, this is an area where you are supposed to ask God. He says, if you need wisdom, 
not finances. You can't apply this to finances. In fact, you shouldn't. There's other scriptures that apply to that. If you need a car, if you need a house, this isn't for that. If you're, if you're looking for a spouse, this isn't for, although, well, <laughs> we need wisdom in choosing a spouse, so this one might apply. But you, you get my point. He's talking about something specific to the text and the context of trials and temptations or compromises in our faith, things that attack our faith. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. In other words, and another translation says, he'll give you this wisdom without finding fault. So in other words, he, he doesn't look at your roster. He doesn't look at the list of things, good and bad, that you've done and not done to see if you measure up, to see if you're worthy to receive this wisdom. All right? He gives it to everybody liberally. He gives it to everybody that would ask him in the midst of their trial, their test, their pressure. All right? He's there to give you wisdom in the middle of it. And, and he doesn't go to a list of moral do's and don'ts. He doesn't uh, go to a list of things that you've been doing or not doing. Let's look at the second half of this passage. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty. Subject, all right, what are we talking about? Asking for wisdom. What else are we talking about? A person with divided loyalty is an unsettled or is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. So again, this is not about the prayer of faith. James chapter 1 isn't even talking about the prayer, about the subject of prayer and faith. Rather, he's talking about clarity of decision-making and purposeful, critical thinking that we should expect when we ask God for wisdom that God will guide us through, guide, God will guide us in these things so that we have confidence and we place our trust in him. This kind of wisdom is the insight on how to proceed. Asking for this wisdom is asking for direction and clarity on how to proceed. It's a very specific request. It's for wisdom. It's because we're in a trial or a test, all right? something that's trying to compromise our faith, distract our faith. And then he says that when you ask, don't have divided loyalty. Subject, very important. So the context is about trials, tests, and contradictions about who we are in Christ. So he's speaking of trials and testing of our faith, 
And he's speaking about what the apostles in the early church thought of at that time, which is that we're at the end of time here. We don't have that long. Most of them believed Jesus was returning in their day while they were still alive. And as such then, James was warning them, look, you need to put your trust in the Savior. You need to be consistent in your faith. You need to ask him for wisdom in going through these trials and tests and not give up. Come on. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Be strong. Don't give up. That's what he's asking them to do. This is a question of one's posture regarding daily circumstances, not your level of faith or the absence of questioning your walk of faith. James is dealing with receiving direction and clarity during times when our faith is being besieged and we need to stand strong. The Greek word for doubt used here is, means literally divided loyalty. It does not mean the absence of uncertainty as commonly taught about James chapter 1 in these verses. Uncertainty, as in intellectual struggling, questioning brought on by life experiences, bouts with depression, personal tragedy, and so forth, that is not a sin. That is not the doubt that James is talking about. Uncertainty, as in deconstructing one's previous theological certainty, I've been there. I'm, I'm there now. I'm, I'm still deconstructing. I'm, I'm still walking and breathing these things. That's not sinful. And that's not what James is talking about when he says, let him ask without divided loyalty. The New English translation. Let me see if I have this. No. The New English translation says this. This man who asks is a double-minded man if he has divided loyalty. A double-minded man is one whose devotion to God is less than total. So in a note down in the footnotes of this translation, it says that divided loyalty is akin to or also could be viewed as a double-minded man. In other words, your attention is divided between God and other things. And as a consequence, you're unstable and therefore unable to receive from God. Now that's important. Listen, the, here's what uh, Francois says in the Mirror Translation jittery in all your judgments, lost for direction, okay? So look at this. It, it doesn't mean an absence of uncertainty. Nothing could be further from the truth. It has nothing to do with an absence of uncertainty. It has to do with being jittery. You're of two minds. You've lost direction. 
Your faith is being barraged, and you're not sure of what you should do. Now, I liken this to the story of the prodigal son. If you remember, it wasn't the father who was withholding or being reluctant in the story, right? Reluctant to give. Son, you don't have enough faith. I'm going to withhold. It was the son who was double-minded, willfully rejecting the father's provision, and he was blinded by his selfishness. And so he found himself out feeding slop to the hogs, not because of his father's wrath and judgment, but because of do-it-yourself insistence on providing by his own means. Hmm. How many of you have been providing by your own means? Nothing brings this out better than a test or a trial. It really forces us into that place of, of having to discover, as one individual said this morning in their answer to the questions, we had to pull back the curtains and we begin to discover, you know, I'm fighting this battle in my own strength. I see here I'm actually not, not trusting the word of God in some areas because of the way I'm acting right now. I'm jittery in my judgments. I've lost direction. Why? Because I've taken my sight, I've taken my focus off of Jesus Christ. I've taken my focus off of the word of God. That's what the prodigal did. And he left. The father didn't leave. The prodigal left. Wasn't God who was reluctant. The prodigal got involved in do-it-yourself religion. When Jesus taught that we should pray with expectation, it was based on a relationship with the heavenly father. Our good, good father who isn't reluctant and he wants to bless us. We need to reject the very common use of the Bible as a formula like a cake mix. We need to reject that view of flatly reading the Bible. And James chapter 1 is one of those things, one of those areas. So first of all, in understanding James, it is not talking about prayer and faith. Number two, the context of the passage is tests, trials, and contradictions to who we are in Christ. And number three, the Greek word for doubt doesn't mean unbelief as in not believing God, uh, not believing the Bible, having questions about your faith or passages in the Bible. It's talking about having a divided loyalty where you're being pulled this way and that. You're, you're jittery. And so what it does, it puts you in a place where you can't receive. God's pouring it out. God is not a reluctant father. He's pouring it out. Here's what, here's what the father said to his prodigal son once the son returned home. Son, all that I have is yours. He threw him a big party. In fact, actually, I'm misquoting that. The son who returned, the prodigal, 
had prepared himself. I mean, he had a speech ready to go. Father, if you can just see in your mercy, I humble myself. I've, I've done wrong and I, I've been sinning with this uh, woman and, I, and I, I've been playing cards and, I, and I've been drinking and I've wasted your inheritance that you provided me and, I've done it and I'm so sorry. And, and look, I'm not asking for anything. Just, just take me back as one of your servants. That's what the scripture says. He was prepared with that speech. And the father Seeing him at a great distance, ran. There's a song, a beautiful, <laughs> when God ran. God ran to his son to meet him, to embrace him. No, no moral list, no questions about the lifestyle he had been living. No holding up to him and saying, now look, if you'll come back and you'll get this right and you'll change this behavior and you'll start to think the right way about this, then I'll include you back in the house and you can work your way up. No, he said, look, servants, you, you go kill the fatted calf. And he, and he took a ring and he put it on his finger and, and he blessed him and he spoke good and they were walking back and they started having a, a big party just based on love, love and forgiveness, not based on morality, not even based on repentance, based on mercy and love. No sacrificial lamb slain, no, no sacrifices, didn't go to the temple and burn anything, toast anything, roast anything, sacrifice anything. Why? Because God is not pleased with sacrifices. He doesn't require them. He's a God of mercy. He forgives us because he loves us. Not because we sacrifice and pour ourselves on the altar of do-it-yourself religion and trying to gain his favor. And so the other son, his older brother, the elder brother, hearing the party, came out and started complaining. He said, Dad, man, I have served you faithfully all these years. I never wondered. I never left the house. I didn't waste my inheritance. I've been to church, I've sung in the choir, I read my Bible daily, I... <laughs> and here's, here's what the dad, the father didn't even acknowledge this list of righteousness, of do-it-yourself religion, didn't, didn't even defend it, didn't even acknowledge it. The father said, son, all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. It's always been yours. I'm not reluctant. I pour out my mercy. I pour out my love. I pour out my forgiveness on everybody, regardless. It's yours. I want you to think about something here as we uh, prepare to close. If a relationship with God begins by his exclusive action of reconciling us to himself, why would maintaining that relationship be based on my personal performance? Let's read it again. If a relationship with God begins by his exclusive action of reconciling us to himself, why would maintaining that relationship be based on personal performance. Here's what I want you to do. You say, what now? Stop worrying about 
correcting beliefs. Stop worrying about and living in the place of correct beliefs. Number two, recognize that God is a good, good father. He's not reluctant. He wants to bless you. And if you're in the midst of trial, if you're in the midst of a contradiction to who you are in Jesus, simply go. Go to the Father. Ask him for wisdom to navigate that thing. And he'll do no comparison. He'll start pouring wisdom on you. He'll start pouring direction. He'll start making your path clear. And you don't need to have a divided loyalty or divided mind about any of it. Press in. And I don't mean press in as in do-it-yourself religion. I mean press into just resting and worshiping and waiting on the Lord. Number three, redirect your attitude. That's what James said. Man, I'll tell you, when the pressure's on, when your faith is being besieged, that's one of the hardest things to do is to redirect your attitude. Count it all joy, James said. <laughs> Start rejoicing. Hallelujah. And number four, don't celebrate uncertainty. You don't, you don't need to celebrate it. It's not like a gift, or maybe it is. You're going to enter into a whole new realm of liberty and freedom and discovery if you dare to question, if you dare to open your heart to uncertainty, if you get past the fear and the religious teaching that all doubt is a sin and that certainty is akin or equal to faith, you're going to have a revival in your life. Instead, respond with trust. That's what God is asking of us. Respond with trust. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. 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 I just want to sit there for a minute. Hmm. Holy Spirit. Father God, I pray right now. I ask you for the... No, 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 I don't because you're already moving. Your power is already present. Your, your presence is already present. I know what I'm sensing here. Your, your people are sensing there over this broadcast, through Facebook, through the rewatch and the rebroadcast. People are sensing. People are sensing your presence, your power. You're drawing us in. You're drawing us to your heart. We're going to close in prayer. Would you pray these prayers with me out loud? 
Let's just go ahead and pray them out loud. The word is an encounter. We ask you, Father, for regular encounters which challenge us to see differently as you see and not as ones bound up by religious teachings, evangelical dogma, or fear and guilt, or any other compromise. Here's the second one. Lord gave me these at the beginning of the year, and we've been praying them every week. Pray it with me. Lord, make us less certain about the things of which we are certain, and more open to the possibilities of what we do not yet see. And finally, number three, cause us to understand. Come on, pray it out loud with me. Cause us to understand that when you said you'd never leave us, you meant it. So we declare in faith that 2021 will be a year of breakthrough and awareness, awareness of your presence, awareness of your power, awareness of your provision, and awareness of your love. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Well, uh, Nina, are there any other prayer requests, dear? Anything I need to? Okay. She's shaking. I know you can't see her, but I can see her on the monitor. And so, um, everybody, I want to thank you once again for being part of the gathering today. And uh, thank you again also for your generous offerings. Uh, we continue to need we are supported by entirely. In fact, I'm not even drawing a salary during this time. Many things have happened with the COVID and so forth. And so uh, I've been working in addition. In fact, both Nina and I have taken on additional jobs and have been working in, uh, in, in, in addition to the ministry. So your support right now is needed for us to be able to do what we do in the way that we do it in keeping this broadcast live. And the other thing is this. I want you, if you have not been back, this will be a special occasion for you especially. But whether you've been back over to the church or not during COVID, I want you to strongly consider joining us on Easter morning at 1030 for a, a, we'll just call it a donut palooza, an Easter donut palooza, okay? Easter donut palooza at the Genesis gathering. We're going to have a great time. We'll have great music. And then uh, we'll share the word as well, but we'll have an opportunity to see each other again and to love each other freely and so forth. So, I love you. I can't say enough about that. I know that Nina shares that. And uh, until next week, we're going to go ahead and say goodbye to you now. You call us if you need something, if you have questions, if you'd like to meet and pray or go for coffee, then call us. If you don't have our number, you can jump onto the website at genesiscc.net. And you can find all the information that you, you need there to get in touch with us. We'd love to have lunch or a cup of coffee. Love to hear your voice and be part of your life. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.